affirmative action in colleges and universities when it comes to uh, accepting students is gone. Um, the Supreme Court has banned a policy that was enacted in order to right the wrong of hundreds of years of racism. Uh, and within that racism, we're talking about slavery, Jim Crow, uh, unequal protection under the law, uh, redlining, um, in other words, housing discrimination. Uh, that is the reason for the enacting of affirmative action, uh, which enabled colleges and universities to use race as one of the factors, not the deciding factor, but one of the factors that they took into consideration when accepting new students. So we're going to talk about this. Um, they're talking about uh, wanting to have a level playing field, make it more fair for everybody, not just for black students, but for everybody. So let's talk about it. Is the playing field more level? This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I'm going to make a proposal here. Um, I'm going to say this. If the Supreme Court um, did this, if they took away affirmative action in, uh, in college and university admissions with the interest in mind that this is going to level the playing field, um, is it level? I propose that, or I will state that the Supreme Court has maybe done something in good faith. That's a debate right there on whether or not they did this in good faith. But is there more work to be done? Is this it? You know, they've done what they've done, and now racism is gone. It's equal opportunity, equal education for all. Um, I propose that there's a lot more work that needs to be done. I'm going to name a couple, three things that I believe need to be done. And uh, I encourage you all to discuss this uh, in the comments below on YouTube. Uh, I encourage you to uh, comment on social media, uh, where I will be posting this on my Instagram page. It's uh, at John Allen official. That's J-O-H-N-A-L-A-N official on Instagram. I am at John Allen official on Facebook as well. And I am at John Allen pod on Twitter. John Allen Pod, P-O-D. Uh, you can also go to my website at, uh, I'm sorry, www.johnallenpod.com and discuss it there in my blog entry. Um, checking my notes here, the first thing that I wrote down was, um, as it stands now, according to the Supreme Court, colleges cannot use race as a contributing factor uh, when they are admitting students. But at the same time, it is quite legal and common to accept students to, for example, Harvard as so-called legacy admissions. Now, what is, an, what is a legacy admission? Uh, if your father, your mother, your grandparents went to Harvard or Yale or Princeton or whatever university, you are guaranteed, pretty much guaranteed to get in. And this is regardless of your qualifications. Um, legacy, I've got some numbers written here. Uh, legacy admissions at Harvard, uh, 
there's a study done by the University of uh, Oklahoma, University of Georgia, and Duke University that found that 43% of Harvard students are there not because of their grades or their qualifications, but they are there because they are either legacy admissions, their parents or grandparents were students at Harvard, or they are the students of parents who donated a large sum of money to Harvard. <laughs> Think about that. Your parents are wealthy enough, so you're in. Your parents paid your way in. You're not qualified, but your parents paid your way in. Okay, so that is allowed, but taking race into consideration as one of the considerations to take into uh, to mind when it comes to admitting students, that's not allowed anymore. Sounds a little odd to me. Is that a level playing field? Or is this a playing field that is even more uneven, even more difficult, full of hills and valleys that uh, black and other minorities uh, have to na black people and other minorities need to navigate in order to get into a college or university. Legacy students, you guys are in still. No problems there. That's not based on merit. Children of parents who have donated large sums of money, you're still in there. There's no regulations on that. That's still okay. When you when you also take into consideration that the median, um, when, the, when this lawsuit uh, that the Supreme Court made this decision based on, when that lawsuit was presented, now I'm going to have to double check my numbers. I'll try and put the actual numbers up on the, on the screen. But I was reading this morning, the median wealth of white Americans was like uh, 200 some odd thousand dollars and the median wealth of black americans was at 24,000 something uh, again i'll double check those numbers and i'll i'll try and post them up on the screen and i'll definitely put it in the comment section or in the description of this episode uh, but when you take that into consideration and then that is a whole nother podcast episode or a whole nother discussion about why there is such a wide difference between the median wealth between white Americans and black Americans. Uh, but when that is the case, and when you also then see that these legacies, I'm sorry, these, these uh, students who are the children of uh, uh, big time donors to these colleges and universities, uh, they are mostly white. So is that not a de facto race-based criteria? As Tucker Carlson would say, I'm just asking questions. Um, I'm just asking that question. I know the answer to that. Of course, it is a de facto race-based uh, criteria when, uh, uh, when white families have uh, 10 times the net worth of black families. Of course, that suddenly becomes a social issue or a race issue. And by the way, um, black people did not come up with the concept of race. Uh, black people did not come up with the concept of separate uh, avenues of education, uh, uh, educational segregation. That was not something that black people came up with. So I just want to put that out there for the, uh, I'm just trying to head off a few comments that I know are going to come on uh, social media.
Another thing we can do to level the playing field, another thing that I think needs to be done uh, to level the playing field. Again, the Supreme Court, according to uh, 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 the Supreme Court uh, majority, uh, they, they, they came with this decision in the interest of making America race neutral. Okay, race neutral. They don't see color. So with that being the case, another thing that needs to be done is you have to acknowledge the fact that uh, before college, we're talking grade school, middle school, high school, uh, black students, black boys especially, are several times more likely to be suspended or kicked out of school for the same behavior that non-black students are not punished for. I have sources on that. I don't have them on the tip of my tongue, but I'll post them in the comments below or maybe I'll put a link or something on the screen here. When you see that, when you know that, when that is an indisputable, indisputable fact, which it is, that black students, especially black boys, are much, 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 much more likely to be suspended or kicked out of school, grade school, middle school, high school, than non-black students. When that is a fact, how do you think that plays a role when it comes to what the demographic of applicants for college is? What's that demographic look like? What are the chances of a, of a black child or any child who's been suspended or kicked out of a high school, what are the li what's the likelihood of them going on to continue their education? Of course it happens. I'm not saying it never happens, but I'm just asking what is the likelihood of that? What are the numbers? What would the numbers say? What do you think the numbers would say? You who are watching and listening, you who have a logical mind, what is the likelihood of a child who has been suspended, maybe suspended several times, got to turn off my sound on my phone here, which I'm using to uh, make sure I get everything in that I want to say, some bullet points here. Uh, but uh, use your logical mind, uh, forget about your political, social, or racial bias, and just use your analytical mind. What is the likelihood? What happens to the likelihood uh, of students going to college if they have been several times over suspended or kicked out of one or several schools? So when we know that that's happening, um, what is the Supreme Court, what is our legislative body, what is our society doing to right that wrong? Um, if we accept polling, if we accept research, peer-reviewed research that says that black students, especially black boys, are more likely to be suspended. I'm repeating this over and over. More likely to be suspended or kicked out of a school than non-black students. When we know that is a fact, that they're being kicked out for the same behavior that those non-black students get away with, with no punishment. What are we gonna do about that? Is that right? Is that a level playing field? Is that equal opportunity to equal education under the law as it stands today? It's a legitimate question worth discussing in good faith. And again, I invite you to discuss this with me in good faith on social media, Facebook or Instagram, um, on YouTube. <laughs> That's a little poisonous. I'm asking 
asking people to throw their poison in on YouTube. That's some crazy comments there. But I, I invite the conversation. I do. Let's talk about it. Here's another thing that I was thinking about that I believe needs to be addressed. If, as the Supreme Court wants, if we want to have a race-neutral country, a race-neutral United States, and if we want a level playing field when it comes to educational opportunities, um, how, how is it justifiable that it has never been made right the wrong of black families for decades, 50 years, 100 years, 150 years, uh, let's say since slavery, <clears throat> since 1865, when black people nominally were taken to be regular United States citizens, and all United States citizens are taxed, right? And it is those tax dollars that fund our public schools, right? But for a majority of that time since the ending of the Civil War, since the Emancipation Proclamation, for a majority of that time, black children have not been allowed to attend those same public schools that their tax dollars fund. Historical fact. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter how far to the right you are. It doesn't matter if you're a racist or not. You know, you must acknowledge that there has been school segregation for a majority of the time since the freeing of the slaves, since the Emancipation Proclamation. And when that is the case, when we also acknowledge that those same black citizens who were blocked from attending so-called white schools were taxed and their tax dollars were used to fund those public schools, why is that wrong not addressed? I, I don't know. Can Hey, co congregation, can you say reparations? <laughs> How about righting that wrong of black tax dollars going to schools that were overwhelmingly attended to, uh, attended by white children, while those black children of those black taxpayers were not allowed to go to those schools. Segregation is real. Here's another fact for you. Today, when there's supposed to be this colorblind society when there's supposed to be equal access to education under the law, when there's supposed to be a level playing field, over 70% of black students are at black-only schools, or, or an overwhelmingly majority black school, while the opposite is true for white students. Why is that? What is that all about? That's another long discussion with a lot of nuance, but it is a discussion that should be had and those nuances should be picked apart and then put back together to see if it holds logically. Okay? So black tax dollars going to schools that black children were not able to attend for a majority of our time since the Emancipation 
proclamation. With that being the case, let's tie it together a little bit. With that being the case, and all of these things that I've pointed out are inter interlocked. Uh, the one point that I brought up has affected the other, uh, both now in modern times and historically. But let's piece this together now about um, uh, segregated schools. When there are so many black children who go to underfunded schools, when there are so ma many black children, black students who go to uh, underfunded schools with, with, um, uh, with a level of teaching that is substandard, and I don't mean any offense to any teacher who's teaching at a black school, but let's just say, let's just keep it real. Let's just say it like it is. There is a lower standard of teaching, in other words, a lower standard of education at those schools. Um, maybe a lower standard is the wrong thing to say, but there is a lower level of the quality of the education that those kids are getting. When we know these things to be true, let's ask a question again, a legitimate question, not a Tucker Carlson question, but a legitimate question. When we know those things to be true, what does that say for the likelihood of a black student who goes to one of those schools to then go to a college and get accepted. Something to be thought about, something to be discussed. Um, in closing, I would like to say, uh, America, again, and let, let's just keep things founded in the truth, for a majority of America's history, you know, if, if you have a graph, a visual graph uh, of American history from, let's just take it from when the pilgrims landed and all the way up until today, the time of slavery, uh, Jim Crow, uh, and all that is just a little blip on that timeline. So for a majority of that timeline, America has actively worked to suppress black Americans and to obstruct their path towards equal education and the equal opportunity to that equal education. And when we know that to be true, is the fact that the Supreme Court has now taken away this form of affirmative action when it comes to college and university acceptance, when they have taken that affirmative action away, does that help to level the playing field? Or does it make the playing field even more unequal? Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. Sub-question, has the removal of affirmative action when it comes to accepting students into college and universities, has the removal of that affirmative action by this Supreme Court, has that, has that contributed towards a so-called colorblind America, a race-neutral America? Has it contributed to that? Or are the differences going to be, the differences in the inequality going to be even more glaring? Is it going to be more obvious now going forward as we see what happens to college acceptance numbers for, uh, for black people and other minorities as well, but especially black people? When we see what's going to happen now going forward, does that contribute to 
this race-neutral country that everybody wants to have. Okay? Let's talk about it. Again, my website, johnallenpod.com, J-O-H-N-A-L-A-N-P-O-D.com. Go there. You'll see a blog entry uh, around this episode. We'll discuss it on social media. We'll discuss it on YouTube. Um, at my website, you can also get my audio book. Um, I like it, and I think you will too. Uh, I like to read. Some of you don't like to read, but for those of you who don't like to read, I will read for you in my audiobook. Go check it out. Okay? Everybody go out there, love and be loved, and enjoy the process. Thank you. <laughs>